The Start On Demand. On demand. Yeah, we got a lot of snow here, but over in Newfoundland, they got up to 93 centimeters. We'll speak to a resident of St. John's on their effort to dig out. Big changes in St. Boniface as Marion and Goulet between St. Mary's and Uville, now 50 kilometers an hour instead of 60. We'll speak to City Councillor Matt Allard. A number of Manitobans are taking aim at Brian Pallister over the time change situation, saying, let's just pick one and stick with it. It's Blue Monday, the most depressing day of the year. A lot of us depressed over our finances. Well, Kelly Keene to the rescue. She's got a new book called Talk Money to Me. I'm Brett McGarry, alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb. We are Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and this is the Monday, January 20th podcast for The Start. Mackling, McGarry and McNabb, and right out of the gate, you saw something, Portage in Maine, as you came in today, Greg Mackling. I'm actually just tweeting out pictures that were sent to us from Portage in Maine. Barricades will greet you, westbound Portage Avenue, west of Main Street. The only possible lane is the right-hand curb lane. Mm. So that's going to be a ton of the fun. The right-hand curb lane. Yeah, the very right so lane. So the turning lane onto Notre Dame or other. Yeah, well, yes. That eventually opens up to that uh, turn lane. So mm. there are only three lanes there. The median and the center lane are both gone. And you also lur- lose your second from the right-hand curb lane, southbound main approaching Portage Avenue, which is going to cause issues because usually that's the lane the buses use to go straight south on Main Street. So they're going to be trying to cut over. They're going to have to cut over one lane to get around that barricade. Mm. So those barricades um, look like they're going to be there for a little bit. We went looking, couldn't find anything on the city construction website as to why they were up. I was curious if maybe right across the street at the Fairmont, we have all our uh, prime ministers there and his liberal cabinet. So I was trying to think, did they close down a lane for traffic, but that doesn't make sense being on that opposite side of the street because the PMO, of course, is in town for the Liberal cabinet retreat. So I, I thought maybe the dignitaries were closing lanes, but that's not it either. <laughs> that's I was, was going to blame a politician. <laughs> Somewhere along the way. There's... Oh, there's a politician to blame. And <laughs> just, just which one? <laughs> that's right. Are, so we, are we talking City Hall? Because they're also going to Broadway today to meet with the Premier, the Prime Minister. Well, sorry, the Premier will come to the Prime Minister. So I was somewhere along the way, we can blame someone. Absolutely. So I've actually added the City of Winnipeg to my tweet. So hopefully they can tell us what's going on and how long it's going to be an issue. And other change in traffic this morning you're going to be want you're going to want to be aware of on Marion and Goulet yeah. as the speed limit reduces today. That's right St. Boniface Marion from St. Mary's to Uville and Goulet from Uville to St. Mary's is now going from 60 kilometers an hour down to 50. And the city says that this is a result of, you know, People in the community speaking up. They want to make it more pedestrian friendly. Mm. So I'm, we'll talk about this more throughout the show, including in our next segment. But uh, my main curiosity is I wonder if they're going to adjust the traffic lights, at least in terms of how they sync. Because those two streets, as of now, are great. They move quite quickly. And my question coming in the opposite direction this morning, because I came down Marion towards St. Mary's. No, Goulet. Goulet towards St. Mary's. I always mix those up. I'm well, com- it's Marion until you until it forks, right? So. Right. Yes. So anyway, when once it forked and they split into two into the one way traffic, there was still sixty kilometer per hour signs up. At least one that I noticed, and so I was wondering, are they going to a bring down those signs? B put up new ones? Like how are they warning everybody? And will I get a ticket right away? Or will there be kind of this grace period until everybody realizes what the speed is supposed to be there? So we've got lots coming up with that at 6.15 and why the area councillor thinks it's a welcome sight. And you may have noticed the plows out in force. They Mm. are scraping the streets, piling up the snow on the side. And it was a ton of snow, but holy smokes, the footage we're seeing out of Newfoundland is extraordinary. Pales in comparison. If you were complaining about shoveling your driveway and your sidewalk, This past weekend, you weren't paying attention to what was going on in the East Coast. 78 centimeters of snow at the uh, St. John's, Newfoundland and Labrador International Airport when all was said and done. Some of the images are absolutely mind-blowing. They had winds of up to 134 kilometers per hour in St. John's. 119 is a hurricane. 
So you tell me what they had there. Have you seen the image of the uh, young people snowboarding down, down, one of the, down one of the streets in downtown St. John's and actually jumping? They formed a jump and they go up on what is basically an overhang on the first story of the front of a building. Right. They bounce off that. They're making the most of it in St. John's. Twitter's been great. Like social media with Newfoundland stuff has been awesome. And we're going to speak after 630 trying to get a hold of a Newfie with their experiences and some of the goodwill that's going on the way. But one of my favorite tweets was from a someone from Newfoundland tweeting out, oh no, the army's coming. There goes my years of Toronto jokes because they were making fun of Toronto for years for bringing right. in the army. But, but I would argue Newfoundland allow the help to come in because that is a heck of a dig. Like that's days and days. I just look out my window and check my fridge to make sure I've had enough food and then just wait. Like I'm not going out there. Till spring. Just yeah. let it all melt. It's like, you know, the kids aren't coming to school till May. We'll see you later. You have the images of people opening their garage doors mm-hmm. to a wall of snow, the front door with the Front door imprint, whatever pattern you might have on the door in the snow. And then you may have also seen the video of the woman who left her window down partially of her car. And her car was about a third full of snow. So we've seen it all in Newfoundland and Labrador. So if you're from there, if you're out there and happen to be listening online, that's home or you're visiting from there, uh, we're thinking about you and have been all weekend. The best part about that video was that she did a message, someone was recording it with her and she said that she woke up wondering why there was no snow in her driveway. She thought maybe she had lucked out and that's because it all ended up in her car because she left down her passenger window. So, whoops. Yeah, having some fun with what can be only described as extraordinary circumstances for them. 93 centimeters was the highest snowfall total in Mount Pearl, uh, which neighbors the capital city and the town of Paradise got 91 Mm. centimeters of snow. That's a lot. So even though I was shoveling Saturday night at my dad's place, cursing winter, nothing in comparison. Do we even get a foot? What do we get here? I don't even know. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, like, I don't know. Half a foot in the best case scenario. I'm making this all up. Nobody listened to me. But not no. It's only from the blowing that it might have seen more. But the the, the centimeter totals were a fifth, one 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 thousandth of that. No, again, all lies. It was a walk in the park. But kudos to our plow crews who have been out working hard for the last 48 hours. We appreciate that. And now back to the start. Thank you very much, Jeff Braun, <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. <laughs> Sorry, I never... I didn't almost forget what the name of the show was. <laughs> that was exactly... And now back to, where am I? What day of the week is it? <laughs> it's Monday. <laughs> hey, coming up on our next segment, we're going to talk about speaker phone etiquette and pet peeves after something amusing happened to Loren McNabb over the weekend. But hey, by now, you have likely seen... Images, footage from that massive snow and windstorm which hit Newfoundland and Labrador. Newly released figures from Environment Canada shedding some light on the magnitude of this historic blizzard. Many communities in the eastern part of the province have been at a near standstill since Friday when powerful winds and record-breaking snowfall prompted states of emergency. The highest snowfall measurements were taken in areas just outside St. John's. City of Mount Pearl, which neighbors the capital city, received 93 centimeters of snow, while the town of Paradise, certainly a snowy paradise this weekend, 91 centimeters. Some numbers for the St. John's International Airport, 76.2 centimeters, which is actually the highest daily snowfall measured at the airport since 1942, which is when record-keeping began. The previous airport snowfall record was 68.4 centimeters. So you're about, what is the math on that? Eight centimeters more than the previous record set in 1999. Of course, towards the center of the province, the storm was less severe. But what really made this all crazy or interesting or fun, depending on where you're standing, are those winds, Greg? Yeah, Environment Canada says the highest wind gust of the storm was 171 kilometers per hour measured on tiny Green Island off Fortune Bay near the French islands of Saint-Pierre and Miquelon. In comparison, uh, sustained winds of 119 kilometers per hour and beyond are considered hurricane force. Jeez. And St. John's measurements taken in various locations put maximum wind gusts in the range of 105 to 130. 34 kilometers per hour. 
So Newfoundland and Labrador Premier Dwight Ball says the storm was historic. Let's speak to someone who lives in Newfoundland, Renee Ryan, joining us now live on 680 CJOB. Renee, good morning to you. Good morning. Tell us what you're seeing from outside your window. What's the paint us a picture of what's still going on out there? <laughs> it's it's pretty white. Uh, we had, as you guys mentioned earlier, we had about three feet of snow. The blizzard was just raging. Um, and on my street, all the snow at this point is just piled onto people's lawns, and it's about 12 to 15 feet high. Um, and we had more snow last night, a foot of snow last night. So the plows came along again, and we're going to have to get at it again shortly. So uh, we've just been blasted. You got another how much uh, of snow you cut out there, Renee? Oh, sorry. We had about another foot of snow again oh, last night. Oh, my word. Are you kidding? kidding? So you had a couple feet, two to three feet Friday over Saturday, and then another foot last night? Yes, yes. I like how matter-of-factly you're stating this. So when you opened your door Saturday morning, first of all, could you even open your door with that amount of snow? Yes, my door opened in, uh, and it wasn't as bad as in other places. Um, and the snow was about halfway up the door, but the wind was raging in the other direction. So when I looked across the street, I could not see anybody's front door because the snow had covered up over the front doors. So most of those people, uh, we could help, but those people could also get out to their back doors okay to come around to the front to shovel. So you've been shoveling, I guess the snowblowers have been working overtime, but I know that this isn't everywhere in St. John. Are you in St. John's, by the way, Renee? Yes, yes I am. Yes. So I know that in the older parts of St. John's, uh, the row housing is very common, and, and those houses being very close to the front street is super common. And one of the questions we were having late last week in anticipation of this is, where are you going to put all this snow? I, I don't think it matters uh, whether you're in the suburbs of St. John's or downtown. That's probably a pretty big question. It, it's going to be really difficult. Um, and we have lawns, so there is a place to put it. But there's, it's only so high that your snowblower can blow it. So we're going to start running into issues for sure. But in the downtown area, yeah, it's going to be those streets are not cleared yet. We're into our fourth day of a state of emergency. Um, I saw some coverage of sidewalk plows going through streets downtown because they're so narrow with cars parked on either side that I don't even think a plow could get through there. Uh, And they're trying to get some of those cars out. I mean, it's an absolute mess, and it's still going to take days in the downtown area uh, to get it cleaned up. And they're actually trucking the snow away from those areas. And right now, they're putting it in the harbor. There's absolutely nowhere else to put it. Wow. Looking at some of your tweets, which is what prompted me to reach out this morning, one thing that I was saying is that with great aplomb or with a bit of attitude or laughs along the way you really come together and one of the tweets you shared last night was how you sort of started a chain of shovelers and snowblowers explain to me how you guys made this work and, and what you were doing as you went from house to house yeah and it and it's not just us i mean the stories i've read about it are just you know a mile long and an inch wide it's um the one of my neighbors actually started it. We were doing my driveway and the neighbor next door, she had finished hers. So she went across the street to help another neighbor. And so when I finished, I went over there and we were like, hey, let's do another one. So we kept going. And as we did, we helped the people that were shoveling. Um, and then they would join us at the next driveway that needed help. And then we'd finish that one and we'd go to the next one. We picked up people along the way. And there was one girl there that said, oh, my God, this is the most I've smiled in days uh, and other people were like, oh, my God, this is why I love living here. And there were a number of uh, new um, new Canadians on our street who were like, oh, my God, this is why I love this country. This is absolutely so amazing. But like I said, it's not just us. I have read hundreds of the exact same stories um, and how people are coming together. And there's this new Facebook group that was set up for Snowmageddon 2020. And people are posting, hey, my dad needs help. This is the street that he's on. And you see somebody post, hey, I just went over and shoveled him out. He's okay now. Everybody is asking for help, and everybody's giving help. It's it's really beautiful, actually. The wind in particular, I'm just looking at your Twitter as well, and you posted some footage of a reporter who was stationed outside in the snow who actually gets doubled over because of the wind. <laughs> that was actually hilarious. Uh, that was one of the guys from the Weather Network. And he's like, oh, 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 I'm falling, and off he goes. 
<laughs> he actually did. He got blown over while he was on on live stream TV. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean we're we're enjoying this and having some laughs, but this is these conditions were seriously dangerous. Do you know if anybody was hurt? Uh, I have not heard of anybody being hurt, but there is a young guy. Unfortunately, he twenty four years old, I believe, that's missing. Uh, that left uh, the day of the snowstorm to walk to a friend's house. This is just outside St. John's, um, and there's a huge search effort underway, and uh, everybody's just terrified, and we're hoping that he's going to be okay. Other than that, we didn't hear of any deaths. Uh, I mean, there were people going to the hospital on Skidoo because they needed to get there. There's a story of one lady who was in labor. Her husband took her to the hospital on Skidoo. Um, I mean, some of the other difficulties is that we didn't expect that it would be this bad. We, we knew we were getting snow, but there were people then that weren't prepared. You have people who, uh, methadone users, for example, who need to go to the drugstore every day and take their methadone, haven't been able to get it in days. You've got uh, people with infant babies who haven't been able to get the supplies that they've needed. So yesterday, the drugstores opened for a short period to be able to get people out to get necessary supplies. So some people have been in difficult positions, for sure. Wow, I think you've given everybody a new dose of perspective. And from us here in Manitoba, who always describe ourselves as super hardy Canadians, we have a new benchmark to hit, Renee. So thank you for this. Good luck. (laughs) (laughs) Renee Ryan joining us from St. John's, Newfoundland. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Take care, guys. Mackling, McGarry, McNabb. (laughs) This word is almost immediately just causes irritation with me and... That's speakerphone. For so many reasons. But my question to our listeners this morning is, is there not some sort of rule that you follow when you're the one who's on speakerphone? And this came to your guys' attention because I texted you yesterday pretty much right after I completely embarrassed myself, passed a friend driving through our town, and she was on in her car with her husband and her family. So I knew she was with her family. I knew that. But I hadn't talked to her in a couple of days and her husband had actually just shoveled our driveway, got a snowblower out and did our driveway uh, post our little storm. And so I wanted to say thank you. So I called her up on my way back to our house. She answers the phone. We chat for a couple seconds. And then I made an inappropriate comment about how I suggested she could thank her husband. <laughs> and it wasn't in the kitchen, okay? Oh, <laughs> I thought she could cook up never. something else in the bedroom. Never. I didn't use the word. Like, I really don't think her kids would have known. But I say this. She laughs. Then I hear her husband laugh. And then I hear McNabb. You're on speakerphone. And I was like... No! And then I immediately said, listen, the rule is you answer the phone. Hey, Loren, just FYI, you're on speakerphone with so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so. We're in the car. Because anytime someone phones me and I'm in the car and my kids and they're in the back, I say, hey, hello, by the way, the kids are in the back before you start saying something. Is that not the rule? Absolutely. And it's especially, you know, when the caller ID says Loren McNabb is calling. (laughs) You know. (laughs) You answer, don't even answer with hello. Just click the button and say, you're on speakerphone, McNabb. Now, my only saving thing is that I used a phrase that I'd like to think the kids would understand, but I Mm, feel like... Oh, they're Googling it. They know it now. They'll be in school this morning, (laughs) spreading it around to other kids. Hey, Mommy, do you know that lady on the radio? She said Mommy should... mm, Daddy. (laughs) But seriously, if you're not doing that, I just... I, I, I was so embarrassed, and it's a good thing for me to stop and ask, but I think... And also, if you don't identify that, like that's on you. I, I don't really like that's the speakerphone to begin with, but you gotta, you gotta identify. Yeah, and that, this reminds me of a of a moment that probably oh, how long ago was this? At least ten years, probably fifteen. I was at uh, Buffalo Bills in Transcona, and I had a, had a few, and then I called my buddy to see what time he was coming down, and uh, he said that he was presently with his then girl that he was courting. He didn't tell me the proximity at which she was sitting. <laughs> so I drunkenly blurred out, did you blank her yet? Oh, and she wow. heard because she was sitting right beside so us. <laughs> Not on speakerphone. Not on speakerphone. Just because I, uh, yeah, yeah. I was at the bar and I was sure. drunk. Uh, Shouting. But uh, he, he, So I, I feel like even in that instance, I could say, yeah, uh, she's right here beside me. Yeah, you want to oh, say oh, hi? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. What was the answer? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I 
remember. Oh. This whole conversation is stressing me out. I have my hands up. You are so nose. red right now. Oh. Your cheeks match your hair almost to the tone. Mm. What about you, Jeff Forche? Have you ever been uh, victimized by the speakerphone? Well, not really by the speakerphone. And uh, I can't remember what I said, but I've been talking to somebody who's in the news booth. And then the host in the interview studio turns on the intercom while I'm saying something stupid. <laughs> and then, like, my face story. goes red and it's like, uh, sorry, didn't mean to do that. Like, that's probably the worst I've had. But, yeah, not on the speakerphone. But the intercom, the intercom has gotten me. Well, first of all, if, if that ever happens, you don't have to worry because anything you say, Forte, is nowhere near as offensive as any, anything we say off the air. Second, you can we're pl- passing blame today. You can blame Jeff Braun for that because between every news story, he's chatting with Forte, and I always have to <laughs> get Forte's attention it's back true. from Jeff right. Braun. Bron, do you have any speakerphone pet peeves? Uh, speakerphone, not so much. Uh, answering machine, I do. Uh, and it was, now, in my defense, we were in high school, but without telling my friend's parents, we changed their outgoing message on their answering machine. <laughs> oh, and we put, I can't remember what we said, but what it also included the Van Halen song, Running with the Devil. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess when the church ladies called to book stuff, they didn't really get it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got through. I was on it for like three days before they figured it out. They were like, what in the. <laughs> What did you guys do? Now, sometimes tell me this would never have happened to Kelly. You have probably good phone etiquette. Yeah, well, see, I grew up in an era as well where there used to be party lines. So right away, you when you got on the phone, you were very guarded with with yeah. kind of what you said because you never knew who was listening. We shared a line with my grandma, so you can if you didn't want grandma to know something, you keep your mouth shut on that phone. Exactly. Yeah. So that kind of spilled over as the technology improved over the years. But the one thing that I guess that uh, in our industry, you know, we have to do a lot of interviews with people over cell phones. We would prefer a landline because it's a little cleaner. It's it's better quality for our listeners uh, to hear back to an interview. But nothing drives me nuts more than when I'm trying to do an interview with somebody, and and they're doing it on the speakerphone. And I'll I'll say, are you on like are you on speakerphone? Yeah, yeah. Is is that not good? You know. It sounds crappy. I know. Oh, yeah. I, I, I got to deal with it all the like, time. And all the stuff that's going on in the background, you can hear and. In public, too. I was saying the other day, I was at the clinic with my kids, and there was a guy on his phone just chatting away, and half of it was on speakerphone. And it's like, the rest of us do not need to hear about Those your Those people should be arrested. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, I hate it when you see someone who's got their cell phone in their hand, and they're holding it up to their oh, face, yes. but they're clearly on speakerphone. Like, I understand. I get it if you're multitasking sure. or whatever. Yeah. But if you're not multitasking, you're just talking into the speakerphone. Like, just... Why? Just are you that lazy that you I can't hold it to your people head? Not FaceTiming now too, though. But they're not. No, no, I think oh, they've okay. seen this on television, and they do it on television on these reality shows. I think it started on The Apprentice. I'm going to blame Donald Trump <laughs> for do this it. Do it. because that's how they ta- uh, spoke on the phone always, so that the TV camera and okay. the microphone could pick up both sides of a conversation. And then I think somehow, somewhere along the line. Regular people that don't have TV cameras following them around all day thought that this is how you're supposed to speak on the cell phone. That's not how it's supposed to work. You put it up to your ear, just like the old-fashioned phone. Yeah, if you do this, don't do it anymore. You can stop. My dad's out of hospital. That's great. I first just wanted to extend some condolences to uh, one of our listeners, a member of the CJOB family, Jean-Marc. Uh, his mom went into the hospital over the weekend, and uh, she passed. So, Jean-Marc, uh, sorry to hear that, man. Condolences to you and your family. My dad has been in hospital since, uh, for about a week and a half. He went in Thursday for open-heart surgery. He wasn't precipitated by a catastrophic event or anything. Just, you know, it was time for some renovations, mm-hmm. so to speak. And now he has a piece of pig inside him. He's got an aortic valve from a pig inside him but uh he was in intensive care for five days he was only supposed to be in there for one day they figured but he was having they were having problems stabilizing his blood pressure over at saint boniface hospital and uh, once they got that sorted he was he went down i think in on wednesday so he was in icu for almost a week iccs but it was in that moment when he went downstairs from the fifth floor at, uh, what's that building called, Greg? I just spent a week and a half there. The Asper? Yeah. Yep. Uh, he went from the fifth floor, the ICCS, down to the fourth floor to the, the unit, the ward, and he was instructed to walk to the elevator with a walker, and then they were going to put him in a wheelchair and bring him the rest of the way. But he was, it was def- a moment of defiance for him. He mm-hmm. said, no, I want to I walk. And, and they let him? Yep. 
Yeah, they well, they said, what, what, do you want to walk or do you want to take the wheelchair? And oh, he said, okay. I, I'd, I'd like to stay on my feet. And it was just kind of in that moment I where, like, it sounds cheesy, and I feel like a namaste kind of hippy-dippy sort of goof saying this, but it was in that moment where everything just, like, perspective just changed for me because that's the kind of thing that's important. It was just this small victory, but a huge victory for my dad who had just gone through a major life-changing event himself. And it made me realize, like, why do I spend so much time focusing on negativity or resentment or petty grievances? Just let that all go and try to let the the focus on the wins and the victories and kindness and compassion. And the the, the hospital treated him so well. And now he's home. He made it home in time to watch the Kansas City Chiefs (laughs) beat Tennessee. He's a big Chiefs fan. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, we got him home yesterday. That'll test the heart. Yeah, well, and I, when I told him, I was scared to tell him, like, hey, Dad, uh, Kansas City's losing 10 nothing in the first quarter. And he looked at me, he had this flash on his face. This is when we were still in the hospital. And I wasn't looking to extend his stay any further. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so he's home. And I just wanted to say thanks to all of the amazing staff at St. Boniface Hospital who took such great care of him. And I guess... Maybe this is a good time to remind you of this, Greg Mackley. Yeah, it is, of course, the St. Boniface Hospital Mega Million Choices Lottery, as if you haven't seen the commercials over the weekend or heard them on the radio, but it's an opportunity. My Grammy always had a saying, good, better, best, till the good get better and the better best. Good, better, best, never let it rest till the good get better and the better (laughs) best. I got distracted for a second. He shall, she shalls by the seashore. (laughs) And and the... And the heart of that uh, message translates to our healthcare and what they're trying to do, St. Boniface Hospital Foundation. There is some healthcare that's good. They're trying to make it better. There's some really good healthcare. They're trying to make it best, world class. And your dollars go to making sure that the practitioners have all the latest and greatest equipment. They might request it now and not get it for five years. A lot of times the foundation can step in, fill that gap and say, we're going to get it for you sooner than later. Saintbeatmegamillionchoices.ca is the website. And once again, thank you so much to everyone at St. Boniface Hospital who took such great care of Smash Gordon, my dad. It's not exactly an avalanche of emails, as as Charles Adler used to say, an avalanche of emails. But the fact that some Manitobans have taken time out of their day to write the premier about daylight saving says something about changing our clocks twice a year. And maybe just how much we hate it or like it or don't care. Canadian Press reporting this weekend that the premier received six different emails over the past few months from Manitobans about changing of the clocks. Of course, Saskatchewan is the only province in Canada that doesn't do daylight saving. And... Manitobans went out of their way, six of them, to directly fire notes at the premier, asking him to reconsider. One of them writing, there is no reason for us to be changing our time. He then goes on to suggest to Brian Pallister that he pull his head out of his blank and actually do something that the people want. Now, in the article, they didn't write what this person wrote. They said pull his head out of his posterior and, you know, kind of do something that makes sense. What makes sense to some Manitobans, might not make sense to our premier. He's shown zero interest in changing the current system, which requires people to spring ahead one hour, of course, in March and then fall back to standard time in November. But there are other provinces considering changes. BC has put forward legislation to adopt daylight time year round. Alberta launched an online survey in November and these six Manitobans, I love their passion, finding the email address for the premier and directly going at him to say, what are you doing? Some of them even making fun of the fact Saskatchewan's got it right, and they're rivals of ours, Greg. And so why would we want to let them be the smart ones in this equation? I'm sure you'd be all surprised to know that the one that caught my attention was, please stop letting Saskatchewan be smarter than us. (laughs) 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 Yes, please, please let the madness end. Do you you think that we'll ever make this change? Because it comes up every time we change the clocks. I think there's there's a movement now more than ever right across North America to end this change. But I was thinking about this. So when does the sun come up today? I think it's 814 or 834. Let me double check here. It says on my weather app when the the sun actually rises. So it comes up, not even close, 816 this morning. So if we were were to fall back, Back, 
It would be six. 40 or no, we're springing ahead, right? Yeah. See, this is why I'm talking this out right now. So in the spring, 740 becomes 840. Is that right? So, yes, so far? Yes? I believe no? so. Okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking it through. Yeah. Spring ahead. Yeah. So 740 would be 840. And so would that mean the sunrise would be at 916 or at 716? It would be at 716. Well, right now we would have not fallen back, right? So it would just be 740, right? It would be... Uh, somebody else help us figure this out. Well, we have fallen back, so so right. If we, we would have fallen we, back, right? We're, right, now, we're we, right now we're in standard time. Yeah, yeah. We fall. You fall back to standard time, and then you spring ahead to daylight saving. Correct? So you stay correct. in standard time, which would be the idea. That would be the idea: is to stay in standard time, or to stay in daylight saving time. Well, see, that's that's part of the question that I can't wrap my head around. Well, Saskatchewan's on the same time zone as us right now. But they're further west, and so where the sun is in the sky during the day and all that is different than us when they stick around and when we're on the same time zone, then that's one thing. But in the summertime, would we want to be in standard time? I don't think we would, because I think the sun would come up at like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning some days. And yeah. I, I think the issue, too, is that if we're going to do it, like everybody has to do it. Well, yeah, you can this have a whole, different like, time zone than North BC, and South Dakota. then Saskatchewan, then Manitoba maybe, no. and then Newfoundland maybe, and then everywhere in between. Like that's just, it's hard enough as it is managing Canada's time zones. Yeah, I, I if we I had to pick one, I would rather stay in daylight. I think uh, I For the reason too. that you pointed out, because the sun would sun, be coming yeah. up before four o'clock in the morning, and then it would be setting early. It is nice to have those extra hours of daylight during the summertime, whereas the wind, in, during the winter... People complain every December, you know, with all it gets so dark so fast. But so what? It gets dark at four forty-five, five o'clock. It's if we stay in uh, daylight, it, it would, would stay it would, it would, light later. Yeah, but for it would still be dark by six p.m. So it would still be dark by six p.m. But today, I'm pretty sure with an eight eight o'clock or eight thirteen um, sunrise, it wouldn't be until after nine o'clock. So we would be okay with that. Confused yeah. yet, everyone? <laughs> I, I, I really wasn't trying us, to confuse Give us anybody. your thoughts on what we have just not explained to you, <laughs> and let us know how you feel. <laughs> There's an expression that comes to mind from my time in French immersion, clair comme la boue, <laughs> clear as mud. mud. <laughs> let us know what you think, 204-780-6868. Yeah, come up at 916. <laughs> Brent? It's true. It would come up at 9.16. You got it right. It'd Mike, be too late. <laughs> Mike says, um, you guys are proving the Saskatchewan thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are smarter, Mike, this morning. No we should call Saskatchewan that. and see if they can actually explain it to us. Uh, Brent says, so we would have to have the time we are in now because you can't have kids arriving at school in the dark. Fair enough. If you use Marion or Goulet for your morning commute, we have a warning for you, Loren. Yeah, the speed on both those streets from St. Mary's to Uville has been reduced from 60 kilometers per hour to 50. St. Boniface Councillor Matt Allard said in a tweet over the weekend that the initiative was in part sparked by the business community who essentially wanted those streets to be more pedestrian friendly and back to what they were years ago. Councillor Matt Allard joins us now to explain more on this uh, big change. Good morning, Matt. Morning. Okay, so this is happening as of today or when? Uh, yes, so uh, the information I have is that uh, the sign should be going up today. Uh, this is, uh, this is, however, something that's been uh, passed for months now and it's been uh, still a long time coming. Uh, one of the one of the things that made it possible is uh, I'd like to take a moment to thank the Manitoba government and Premier Palliser for giving uh, speed limits uh, uh, in the responsibility of municipalities. So basically, now the city of Winnipeg can decide how fast uh, how fast speed should be on our streets. Are you putting up the signs right now yourself, Matt? Or <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm on Provence Boulevard. I'm walking to work right now. Yeah, we know we usually catch you walking to work. So, what are these signs going to look like? And uh, do we anticipate law enforcement uh, capitalizing on this change immediately? Uh, so there's going to be uh, there's going to be ample signage. Uh, some uh, some people have been asking what the signage would be over the weekend, and we give a detailed listing of of all the signs going up, where and uh, where and approximately when. Uh, and in terms of uh, in terms of revenue opportunity, I think this is really uh, an opportunity to develop 
the uh, the Marion and Goulet streets as community main streets. And, uh, you know, as, as anyone knows who, who works in civic government, our taxes come from uh, primarily buildings and property tax. So, you know, when you have a thriving community, you also have, uh, you also have uh, revenues that come in from the city and from businesses themselves. But what, will police be out there today tagging people? I mean, I, uh, the, the police doesn't uh, report to us in that way, so I wouldn't be privy to that information. I would just encourage everybody to please follow the postal limit. There's a, reason, uh, there's a reason that it's there. This change comes as a result of a technical analysis from our public works department and, uh, and also a push from the community. We had residents and businesses on board, and they've been asking for this for, for some time now. Matt, we always appreciate you taking time. I'm just going to push back just a tiny bit because I think uh, even people who are in favor of this change and what the initiative is looking to accomplish, I'm behind it 100%. But why does it always feel like this this change and changes like it are made under the cloak of darkness? It feels as though we've just learned about this in the last handful of days. And so it, it, it has people frustrated with the process, not necessarily the goal of the change. Yeah, I mean, uh, you were talking about selfies earlier. I certainly wasn't hiding uh, the change. I've been uh, promoting it uh, every every avenue I have. And I know the city of Winnipeg was out there on their social media promoting it as well. There's going to be some signage. So I don't think anybody should be surprised, really. Well, sorry, Loren, but here's a perfect example. Uh, Osborne or St. Mary was closed from Osborne to Colony, and there was a big flashing sign on Osborne for like two weeks before this happened. But there's no such sign on Marion or Goulet advertising this change. So why not put one of those signs up saying, hey, this is happening soon? Right. I mean, you know, there's always ways to do better. Uh, I think the Public Works uh, Department is following the process they've they've always had for, for putting up signage and changing limits. And of course, if there's better ways to do it, I'm always interested in hearing about that and, and seeing if we can make it a citywide policy. We've got two opposing texts coming in right now. One from someone who says he regularly drives those streets as a commercial driver and no one down there does 60 anymore. And he thinks he'd be hard pressed to find anyone doing 50 on most days. And on the other side, we have a listener saying the downspeed is good. People absolutely fly down Marion before the lights turn on. I think I would cross at Marion and Kenny on my way to work at people and see flashing yellow and floor it. We don't need to race everywhere. So the end goal here is to return these streets back to what potentially they were originally designed for and not thoroughfares, Matt? Well, we want, we want it to be a welcoming place for all road users. You know, like uh, the person who drives through a living was saying, you really can't go that speed anyway. So, you know, like you think about, you think about uh, uh, rush hour, somebody's trying to get to 60 uh, in that environment where there's, you know, people with walkers trying to cross and bicycles and quite a bit of traffic and parking going on with the area business that's really a, a speed that feels unsafe in that environment so i think we're going in the right direction so there are the, there's a ton of parking on both sides and i'm thinking of marion in particular and i think the businesses have done a tremendous job of upgrading their storefronts and you're seeing a a, a more eclectic mix of businesses there for sure and uh but we haven't seen any improvements in terms of uh, what's happening at those intersections, making those intersections shorter, as you're seeing in a lot of cities and other places in the city where you extend the pedestrian sidewalk one lane so that it sort of cowls the, the, the parking lane. Could we be seeing stuff like that down the road, Matt? Uh, that's a, that, there's definitely a lot of potential, and we're currently, uh, we're currently studying Marion Street all the way to Marion Archibald. Uh, and it's, the study name is called Moving on Marion, and it's basically the reboot from the failed uh, Marion, uh, Marion Archibald uh, underpass road widening project that was in the end too expensive and the community didn't want it. So we're, we're rebooting that process, and, uh, and I'm looking forward to some affordable uh, potential upgrades to, to the street, but it's not going to be that big uh, great separation road widening that was originally proposed. Councillor Madelard, we got to get out of here, but just one more question. Is this change in effect now? Uh, well, I mean, there has to be proper signage uh, installed, and the last uh, comment I got from a resident was saying that it's not up yet. So, I mean, as soon as the signs are up, that's when that's when the change is in effect. All right, Councillor Madelard joining us live on CJOB on his way to work. Hey, got to give him credit. I mean, when you're talking about 
active transit and even just using these streets. I think he's always walking when we talk to us. Yeah, Matt, hey, thanks for this. We appreciate it while you're getting your exercise. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you. Have a good day. You too, sir. Now, Greg, one of our all-time favorites. She is an author, personal finance educator, speaker, media personality, consumer advocate. She's also the consumer advocate for FP Canada. Her latest book is Talk Money to Me. Save well, spend some, and feel good about your money. We're talking, of course, about Kelly Keene. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, my friends, Lorraine and Greg and Brett. So uh, wonderful to be with you. Well, it's always good to catch up with you. We prefer it in person, but we'll take you on the phone this time around. Uh, I appreciate it. <laughs> she always brings donuts, so yeah, that's one of the that's, reasons why oh, I like yeah, it. forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, tell us uh, a little bit about this latest book, and first of all, congratulations on that. What a, a another uh, home run you're hitting here with this book. Talk money to me. I, I like the spin and the play on words. Save well, spend some, and feel good about your money. So many of us do not feel good about our money. Yeah, and you know what? Thank, thanks to all of you, you'll, you'll see your names in the acknowledgments because it's having the conversations over the years, and, and you've had me for years in the station talking about exactly that, that Canadians aren't feeling good about money. Today we know is Blue Monday. Um, not blue there, I hear the sun is shining, which is fantastic, but for many people it is the most depressing day of the year. The holidays are over, the bills are coming in. Um, credit card statements, you know, uh, days are, are, are still cold, and there's a lot of debt to pay. And, and what we wanted with this book, my publishers and I, uh, is to open the conversations. If you flip over to the back of the book, we cleverly say that, you know, we know more about what's going on in our friends' bedrooms than we do about their finances. And, and I think that's so true. So when Till we keep having these conversations, and that's why I always appreciate being on with you. Um, it's, it's not going to get better for Canadians. Where do we have to take it in that conversation, Kelly? Because Blue Monday, as we call this January 20th, comes around every single year. Of course, so do the holidays, so do our credit card statements. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we know the dates for all these things, and yet we still fall, many of us, back into those same patterns of spending now and, oh, I'm going to think about it later, if at all. Yeah. Oh, such a great point, Lauren. And, and this is where the talking becomes important. So let's say, for example, you know, one of your listeners is struggling and someone's inviting you out for drinks and you just literally can't afford it. So many people would prefer to slap it on a high interest rate credit card than to just honestly have the conversation with their friend and go, you know what, why don't you come on over and let's have some wine together. I'm trying to save some money. I'm trying to make it happen. Um, I'm sure all you guys think we've had the conversation before. When I was growing up, I heard those words from my parents. We can't afford it. And I don't know if they could or not, but people used to say it. Now, with, you know, lines of credit that are pretty low, um, the availability of credit cards, we just don't use those words anymore, and we just keep digging deeper and deeper into that. Well, and your advice in this book, uh, a lot of it is aimed at millennials, uh, particularly those who might be addicted to shopping online and how easy it is to shop online and blow that cash. Oh, it's it's never been easier, right? Um, And I'll put my hand up that I am a spender. I love spending money. Uh, And a lot of the stuff in the book is things that I have learned personally, gone through with my readers. In my family, my husband's the saver. Um, We have a, you know, a a cooling out period. So, for example, if it's a, a, a want not a need. If it's in store or online, it's if it's over, you know, fifty bucks or a hundred bucks, we've got to have a cooling out period. And I got to tell you, it's just it's it, it's so much better to be mindful with your money and to have these little simple rules like that. What you do know, you mean you by caught. sorry to interrupt? Just what did you sure. mean by cooling out period, Kelly? Okay, great. I'm so happy you brought that up. So, for example, right, you're on um, maybe your favorite whatever website. You're you're racking up things in the the shopping cart. All of a sudden, if it hits over fifty bucks and it's a want, not a need. I physically need to step away from the computer or the store and really figure out, do I, I want that want? Um, and i got to tell you, a lot of times I'll step away, I'll come back the next day, we have a 24-hour cooling out period, and most of the time I don't want it. We just get caught up. 
And I think a lot of people felt that over the holidays, right? You're in the store, you're trying to be a great parent, you're trying to be a great coworker, you're buying stuff that people necessarily don't even need. And then there's this reckoning, especially if you put it on a credit card. So that whole idea of saying out loud that we can't afford it, think about the things, I used to, I think, use this analogy with RESPs or RSPs more particularly, uh, Kelly, when that deadline would come around and you would have your money saved, whatever it was, $500, 5000 15000 and the deadline comes around and you go to a bank or credit union and you go, I've got this money, I need to get it in before the de- deadline, where do you think I should put this money? In the meantime, you spend six, seven, eight, nine, ten days Hours every day researching the best $1,500, $2,000 refrigerator, getting uh, advice from your friends about what book I should read on the beach, and you spend zero time with some of the most important money of your life. Mm -hmm. Wow, Uh, that is so well said. And and it's absolutely true. And everyone that's taken a vacation, and like you said, even just a book to read, or the next Netflix series will invest more time than we will when it comes to our money. There's so many key decisions. Like, for example, you're right, RSP season's coming, the deadline's coming up March 2nd. The big question, should you even be going into an RSP? Is that the right thing? Should you be going into a TFSA? Are you digging down into the fees that you're paying, these nitty-gritty kind of hidden sometimes, what the investments are costing, what your advice is costing, and yes, those are two different things like going to the mechanic. There's the servicing, and then there's actually the cost of the part. In the financial industry, there's the cost of the advice, and there's the cost of the the product. Do you know that? If all of this is sounding like a shock to your listeners, then that means this is a great time to call up your banker, your certified financial planner. What are we? We're at January 20th. So maybe this is not the day you're deciding if you go into an RSP or not. But you know what you can do? Get your phone out right now. Get your, 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 your laptop out right now and put a reminder in your calendar for three weeks before the deadline. Instead of, like you said, the last minute. It's just so important that we put these reminders in our calendars so we're not making these major decisions at the last minute. Kelly, you forwarded us this survey on this Blue Monday, and it's asking the question, why so sad Canadians surveyed on surviving seasonal affective debt disorder? What is the survey finding? Yeah, the survey wanted to know like what's on the hearts and minds of Canadians. It was done by Credit Canada. And actually, the poll had some good news. Um, that can, uh, 29% of Canadians actually see their financial situation improving between now and the spring. Uh, just about 60% saying, you know, the same, but 12% saying that it's worsening. And for those 12 that it is worse, um, this can be such a hard time of year. Those credit card statements are coming in. Maybe you don't even know how to make the minimum payment, having a hard time making that mortgage payment maybe, and you don't know who to call. So the big, big takeaway is do not suffer in silence. Don't think you have to come up with a plan on your own. Reach out to someone like a nonprofit credit counselor. They'll check your credit report for free with you. The first appointment's free. They'll help you figure out a plan. Doing nothing never makes it better. Interesting in the survey, the line out of there is a tale of two generations and that divide between millennials like the 18 to 34 category versus the older adults and the 55 plus and how they might spend their money this year. So on one hand, it has the millennials actually talking about eating more budget friendly meals, twice as likely to eat more budget friendly meals, but also far more likely to take comfort in restaurants. So I'm trying to understand the two because it's like may perhaps are thinking about it because they don't have the cash, but their habits speak to spending more. Yeah, absolutely. I know there was some really interesting ones, like more millennials, 40, just about half are going to stay in and watch Netflix versus uh, 27% for the older generation. I mean, it's just there's, there's people are spending money, different generations are spending money on different things. And like, that's one too, that we really look at in the book, like looking at where your money is going this month, even if you just take, take the judgment away and take the finger wagging away. It's not about that. Um, but, you know, all of us have more and more subscriptions and things that, you know, cost 10, 12, 15 bucks a month, nothing really to think about. But my goodness, when you actually add all those things up, you look at what you're spending in the month, you times it by 12, 
that might be your RSP contribution for the year. It might be that vacation you've been dying to go on. Uh, so instead of being, you know, just careless and, and hey, I, I do it too. Like, you've got to track every once in a while. I'm not saying you've got to do it every day. But when you see where your money is going, it just really opens your eyes. Is that where you want it to go? Kelly, we do that so often, don't we? It's, uh, I was having this discussion with my buddy the other night. Hey, how much did your new car cost you? $414 every two weeks. Right. Yeah, but what did you pay for the car? That's $414 every two weeks. How much was the interest? Uh, not sure. How long's the term? Like the things that we don't know, it yeah. boils down to the monthly payment, and that's the way things are marketed to us as well, and we're falling for it. It's such a great point. And actually, if you go into any car dealership, the last time I went shopping for a car, they don't even ask you what you want. They don't even say, like, what, what are you looking for? What kind? It's like, how much can you afford a month? What works for you? And this is the second largest purchase you're ever going to make in your life. That is the worst way to make a decision on how much can you afford to pay. But like we were saying before the commercial break, right? We just it, we don't want to spend time on on things about money because we feel bad about it. We don't want to be you know made out to be stupid or be doing things wrong. So we just ignore it. And at the end of the day, that could make or break our retirement, make or break our family's life. It's too important to not talk about it. Kellykeen.com is the website. Her latest book. How many books is that now, Kelly? Uh, ten that I've written, nine that I have been published. Oof. Wow. Yeah. Oh, does that mean there's another one coming? No, well, there's another one coming, but one that just nobody loved. So <laughs> the manuscript is hanging around my office. You know what? Okay. Nine out of ten ain't bad. I think that's a win. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. The latest one is called Talk Money to Me. Save well, spend some, and feel good about your money. Kellykeen.com is the website. Kelly, thank you as always for the visit. Thank you, my friends. Have a happy Monday, not a blue one. Hey, thanks for listening to The Start Podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe now and never miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate the show, tell us what you think, and hey, even tell a friend about the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Greg is at GMACWPG. That's G-M-A-C-K-W-P-G. I am at Brett McGarry, B-R-E-T-T-M-E-G-A-R-R-Y. And Loren on Twitter is at McNab on Global and on Instagram at McNab on C-J-O-B. Talk soon.